But I'd like you to turn in your Bibles now to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, as we continue in our series, The Jesus We Need. Not the one we hear about in culture so often, not the one that we see all this stuff about on the internet. Jesus as Jesus says he is, coming right out of the Gospel of John, the Jesus we need. And this is the very words of God. John chapter 10, starting with verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Last week we talked about uh, how dumb and helpless sheep are, and I won't go through all the things that sheep can't do for themselves. If you were here, uh, I was just kind of amazed studying uh, what sheep can't do. And the point is, is that sheep, and they all kind of go together, sheep have got to have a shepherd. They won't get fed. They won't get water. They won't be protected. You know, if they fall down on their back, they can't even get up without, without a shepherd literally lifting them up. It's amazing how much sheep need a shepherd And let me tell you, this text tells us a half-hearted kind of shepherd won't do. Jesus says, I am. It's the fourth I am statement of Christ in the Gospel of John. I am the good shepherd. And, And it shows us just how tuned in Jesus the good shepherd is to his sheep. Just how much he really loves us. And we are sheep. You know, the idea of God as a tender shepherd is all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, we have a little devotional reading before our officer meetings. And, and last week I read from Isaiah 40. If you want to write down Isaiah 40, that would be a great chapter to read this week. But Isaiah 40, 11 talks about how, how God is speaking, uh, speaking about God. He, he tends his flock like a shepherd. It talks about how he carries his lambs close to his heart. How he leads out those those ewes that those those that have young, and how how hands-on God is, how loving and how tender God is. And you might remember this verse from the twenty-third Psalm: "The Lord God, the Lord is my what shepherd, and because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack anything. He makes me lie down in." 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. God the Shepherd has come in bodily form as God to the rescue so that we can be His, so that He can have a flock and be our Good Shepherd. Now there are two main things that sheep need from their shepherd in this passage. And they are commitment and communication. Sheep need commitment from their shepherd. And sheep need communication from their shepherd. The first is commitment, and we see that right off in the what's called the, the Good Shepherd Discourse here. Uh, I love how imaginative Max Lucado is. I've read this years ago. I've always wanted to put it in a, a sermon, so I get to do it finally. Um, it's about the contrast of one that really doesn't know and love the animals that he takes care of and a, and a shepherd and just how tuned in a shepherd, a good shepherd has to be. It comes from his book, Gentle Thunder, and it contrasts cowboys with shepherds. Quote, Behold the hero of the American West, the cowboy. Behold the hero of the Bible, the shepherd. On the surface, he appears similar to the cowboy. He too is rugged. He sleeps where the jackals howl and works where the wolves prowl, never off duty, always alert like the cowboy. He makes his roof the stars and the pastures his home. But that is where the similarities end. You see, the shepherd loves his sheep. It is not that the cowboy doesn't appreciate the cow. It's just that he doesn't know the animal to the same extent. He doesn't even really want to. Have you ever seen a picture of a cowboy caressing a cow? Have you ever seen a shepherd with his arms around a sheep? Of course you have. Why the difference? It's simple. The cowboy leads the cow to slaughter. The shepherd leads the sheep to be shorn. The cowboy wants the meat of the cow. The shepherd wants the wool of the sheep. And so they treat the animals differently. The cowboy drives the cattle. The shepherd leads the sheep. A herd of cattle has a dozen cowboys. A flock only has one shepherd. The cowboy wrestles and brands and herds and ropes. The shepherd leads, guides, feeds, and anoints the wounds of his sheep. The cowboy knows the names of all the trail hands. The shepherd knows the names of the sheep because he's named them. The cowboy whoops and hollers at the cows. The shepherd calls each sheep by name. And he finishes by saying, aren't you glad that Christ did not call himself the good cowboy? <laughs> A good shepherd is committed to his sheep. A good shepherd knows his sheep. And when a wolf comes, when, when some animal comes to, to, to kill one of the sheep, the shepherd puts himself between his sheep and that animal and takes on that animal at the peril of his very life. A shepherd 
puts his life on the line for the sheep. And that, that is the truest, the, the truest test of commitment in any relationship. When somebody actually is willing to put their life on the line for you. Remember what Jesus said? Greater love hath no man than this. Then he lay down his life for his friends. The hired hand that we meet right off in our text, the, the hired hand is not like the good shepherd. For the hired hand watches over the flock and it's just a job to him. He doesn't own the sheep. He, he's not invested in the sheep. He's just kind of helping out. He spends too much time on his cell phone and wolves eat, eat the sheep while he's not looking. He didn't put any skin in the game. The sheep don't belong to him. He doesn't really care about the sheep. And when the wolf comes, he runs away and he just leaves the sheep right there to, to just be mauled by a wolf. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand... And not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters the sheep. He flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus isn't just a good shepherd. Like, hey, he's a pretty good shepherd. Not a good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The word in Greek literally means the beautiful shepherd. The the most excellent shepherd. Uh, the, the, The shepherd that is like no other shepherd. In verse 11 we read, The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. It doesn't say that the good shepherd is always willing to put his life on the line if needed. It says the good shepherd lays his life down literally dies. That's why he's the good shepherd. Lays his life down for the sheep. For Jesus, laying down his life is not like other what we might call good shepherds. You know, they're willing, it's kind of a defensive move. They're willing to take on a a wolf or take on an animal on behalf of the sheep, and if they die, they they die in protecting their sheep. No, no, that is not the good shepherd. This is an offensive move. This is planned and executed from time and eternity. This is the covenant of grace. This is why the Father sent the Son and why He is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Verse 17, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord, Jesus says, verse 18. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again, meaning the resurrection. This charge I have received from my Father. That's why I'm here. That's how you can know that I love you. That's why it's so wonderful to be one of my sheep. Because I am the good shepherd. You know, we need this kind of commitment from God. As one old song put it, I want, a, I want love that comes with a guarantee. <laughs> I get that, right? I want love that comes with a guarantee. This love. 
of the good shepherd, it comes with a guarantee. And how do we know? Because he has laid his life down for you. Because he loves you. By the way, I don't know if you noticed verse 16. um, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And I must bring them also. They will also listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. You know, in this context, he's talking to the, the Jews. And, you know, he is the fulfillment, the Messiah. The one promised in the Old Testament scriptures, the one that is the descendant of David, the one who sits on David's throne and has this kingdom that lasts forever. Very Jewish. Our faith is very Jewish. But you know, if you yearn for someone to love you like that and to take responsibility for you and to always be with you because that's what shepherds do. Jesus is even speaking to us non-Jews here this morning. He says, you know, it's not just them. I have other sheep. I'm going to lay my life down for them. And they're going to be brought in. That's us, y'all. So there's going to be one flock, one church, and one shepherd, he says. So he is our beautiful shepherd, our most excellent shepherd, and we can always count on him. That is the uniqueness of what it means as a sheep to have Jesus as our good shepherd. So we need commitment as sheep. Secondly, we need communication. I was trying to figure out how to communicate this. And I, I thought about how, as a parent, what our children really need from us. They need commitment, don't they? Boys... It's not a pretty thing to, to, for, to see a child whose parents aren't really that committed. So they need commitment. They need a hands-on love. They, they need that focus. They need that provision. They need that protection. All of that. But boy, do they need communication. So we can speak to their hearts right where they are. So we can teach them. So we can, we can kind of show them the way. We can develop them. And then as they, they get older, they, they know and we, we are colleagues together. You know, we're, we're, we're less of a, of a father and a, and a little boy or a father or a mother and a little girl. But, but we're more brothers and sisters in Christ, even though they are our children. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. And I know my own, and my own know me. And how well does he know his own? Verse 15, just the same way, just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. That's how much. That's that's an amazing statement about the level of knowledge of intimate understanding and care that God has for us. I mean, think about this. Before creation, God was. Let us make man in our image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them. Did he? Did, did the pastor just use a... Plural pronoun for God? Yes, let us make God in our image. 
God in 1 John is love. You can't love alone. There is one God but three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is love before there was any body to love, before there was any creation, because between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, there is the most intimate knowledge and deference and unity and fellowship and love. You know, God didn't create man because He was lonely. God created man so that His love could be shared and His love could be experienced. This this communal love of God given to us. Jesus says, just like the Father knows me and has known me since all eternity, that's how much I know you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about you and me. And He loves you. He he actually knows you and loves you. You know, sometimes when people get to know you, they don't love you anymore. He knows you most intimately. There's not one shred of anything that He doesn't know. And He loves you right now. If you're His own, as our Good Shepherd... And so realize this, the one who knows us the best is also the one who can communicate most significantly to us, most meaningfully to us. There are more words in this world printed all over the global communication, blabbing from speakers, blabbing from radios and TVs and All kinds of screens. I remember reading Henri Nouwen's book, The Way of the Heart, where, and I felt this before, he said he was driving through Los Angeles and there were just billboards everywhere, and he said, I just felt like I was driving through a sea of words. And I was overwhelmed with all the words. Let me tell you, the one who knows you, knows exactly how to communicate to your heart, to your mind, to your life, to give you what you need to understand, what you need. This is what shepherds do. They give their sheep what the sheep need. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, but verse 10 or chapter 10 verse 2 says this. He communicates with his sheep. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by their names and he leads them out of the sheep pen. Verse 4, John 10, 4. When he has brought all of his own out, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. They will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This is so incredibly wonderful, it's just hard to to take in. The voice of God is the voice of our shepherd spoken directly to us through the laying down of his life so that we can be his own. He loves us. 
enough to be that committed to us. He loves us enough to communicate with us. You know, last week I said if you come back this week, you'll learn how it is that we that we follow the Good Shepherd. And what that looks like. Well, if you want to know that the Good Shepherd loves you and why Jesus is the Good Shepherd, the beautiful Shepherd, the Shepherd beyond compare, all you need to do, if you want to know that for certain, is look at the cross. That's all you need to do. If you want to hear the Shepherd's voice, about you. All you need to do is open your Bible. That's all you need to do. See, God has loved us so much that He has not left us with Him being mute. He's not left us with without understanding. Now, John Calvin talked about the Scriptures and, and John Calvin said, you know, you read your Bibles and it takes years as we kind of learn and grow and there are things that we don't get yet. Do you feel, do you feel that? Listen, I read the Bible, I see things all the time I've never seen. There are things I don't understand. John Calvin says God is so great that the Scriptures are literally baby talk to His babies, to His little children. In other words, God loves us so much that He gave us the Word of God. And it literally is because God is so great and majestic and and complex, etc. It's so great that it is just right there to where we can understand it. And, And it's challenging enough to where we can spend a lifetime growing into our understanding. You want to hear the shepherd's voice? Open your Bible. The scriptures are the shepherd's voice. And by the way, prayer, you want to talk to God? That's prayer. That's praise. We've been talking to God this morning. And He is talking to us this morning. I will never forget sometime, I don't remember which semester of seminary for me it was, but it was in 1986. Uh, one of my two favorite professors' name was Douglas Kelly. Many of y'all have heard of Douglas Kelly. Some of y'all have probably read his books. I adore my professor Douglas Kelly and uh, Douglas Kelly really wanted to make the point in our systematic theology class that the Bible is more than just holy a holy writing a holy book and, and that the Bible is more than facts about God and facts about religion but it is A loving, personal communication from God to each one of us. And so when Doug Kelly wanted to convince us that the Bible, I'm talking about future preachers, convince us that the Bible is just this dear, dear expression, uh, you know, like um, uh, the speaking, like the breathing out, all Scripture is breathed out by God. What did, where did he go to show us how amazing this communication from God is? He went to John 10. He went to the passage that we're looking at today. I've never forgotten it. And um, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And to make that point, he said this, and I'll do my best Doug Kelly imitation. Those of you who know him will say, you can really do a Doug Kelly imitation. 
One time I imitated him to somebody, imitated uh, him to somebody else, and it got me in trouble. But I won't tell you that story right now. But I think he would be happy with me imitating him. He said, you want to hear the shepherd's voice? He's from Dillon, South Carolina. Was a linguist, knew all these ancient languages, but still taught like this. <laughs> it's like this, this man's intellect and this voice don't go together. <laughs> he said, you want to hear the shepherd's voice? Then read the word of God. That's what he said, read the word of God. He said, God loves you so much that he wants to talk with you. The Bible is more than facts. The word of God is nothing more than the shepherd's voice. And we are his sheep. And sheep need their shepherd. Do you want to hear your shepherd's voice? I've never forgotten that. We can know. And continue to know in a growing way the one who knows us more intimately than anyone and wants to know us because he loves us. Do you understand that people barely listen to one another anymore? There's so much talking, there's so little listening. And when we don't listen, what are we saying? We don't really care to understand. And when we don't really care to understand, what are we saying? We don't really care. God understands. He's your shepherd. He's the one who is there. He's the one that knows you most intimately. And the Word of God, we can know the one who knows us so intimately And I'll tell you something else the Scriptures do. And this is all over the Bible. And it's particularly over the Pauline, the the epistles, the letters written by Paul. The Scriptures keep us from following false teachers and false doctrines that will harm our souls and will harm our lives. They, They might be popular. They might be shiny. And they usually are for a season really popular. And that book, everybody's reading it, and it is not the truth. And it's really shiny, but in the end, it is deadly. The shepherd wants to take hold of us. The shepherd wants to pull us close. The shepherd wants to communicate with us that which is true from his heart heart to ours. You know, the Bible is, is unique and different among all the books of, of, of the ancient world. Not just the holy books, all the books. And I won't, don't, won't go into the, the preservation of the holy scriptures and what that looks like just in the sheer number of manuscripts extant that we still have compared to anything else. It's ridiculous. Why does this one book have about 3,000 more times the... The ancient manuscripts, like to, to, to kind of go back and back and back, because God wanted to preserve His Word so we could have it, so God could talk to you. You know, when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, in the, uh, the kind of the liberal wing 
at that time, they were always trying to prove that the Bible is not really the Word of God. That, you know, always trying to prove that all this was just added way later. All this was the construct of other people trying to, to foist some political, some, some control thing on people. You heard all this stuff. And they discovered this discovery in Israel. The Qumran community had just, it was just like this cache of scrolls, like all these scrolls. It was the biggest discovery of all time, basically. And this went back to the time of Jesus, a little bit after as well. And so in, in the liberal wing, they said, oh, we got them now. Because now we've never had anything that went back to even close to this period of time. Now we're going to find out when we read those scrolls that they're not anything like the ones that we've got in our hands reading now. And wouldn't you know it, there was one scroll that did, had no crumbling, one book. You know, each book was a scroll. One scroll that was completely preserved and it was the book of Isaiah and man they couldn't wait to get their hands on that oh I hate it when this happens it is the exact same as this now there are translations etc there are differences between this one in the NIV or the King James blah 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 that's not what I'm talking about God intends for you me to hear the shepherd's voice and he's given us his word and you know um, sheep are not individual loner type animals sheep are animals that move together and one of the primary roles of the church is to teach the holy scriptures not opinions To teach the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, as they are given to us so that we might not just be people that enjoy one another, but we might be a learning community, learning about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. And that's meaningful. Let me close. Commitment and communication. You see, the Lord is not just far away. He's a shepherd. Shepherds are always with their sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is Emmanuel. Remember that? You will call his name Emmanuel, which means, what does it mean? Does anybody remember? God with us. So all these ideas that God is somewhere remote, on the dark side, back side of something, way up in the stratosphere, that is wrong. He's a shepherd. He has put his hand behind us and before us. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. Will we ever attain to it? He is a shepherd. And he loves you. And if you need to see the proof, go to that mountain called Golgotha. See that Jesus' words, I am the good shepherd, The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. See the truth in those words. And I've said it to you so many times, I can't stop saying it to you. And if you're considering Jesus Christ this morning, whether he is God to the rescue, when we can't make our way to God on our own through any type of religion that we do, you 
can trust in a dying Savior. You see, there's no manipulation at the cross. Jesus isn't selling any snake oil on the cross. Jesus isn't trying to get anybody to do anything religious on the cross. He's just dying for me. Because he wanted to. Because he has the authority to lay his life down and he has the authority to take it up. And this was given to him by his Father. You can trust a dying Savior. The Good Shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. And he communicates with you through the Word so that we can know him understand Him, and live with Him the life that is truly life. The Jesus we need is the Good Shepherd. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I'm just kind of overwhelmed about this commitment and this communication to me. If you've never put your trust in what Christ has done for you on the cross, you've been trying it on your own to be good enough for a holy God, and you see that you get it now. You see that Christ has done it for you, and you see that it is finished. And you want to put your trust in Christ rather than your own works. Pray with me, Lord, I see it. I can't believe it. I get it now. And I want to put my trust, Jesus, in what you've done for me. I want to receive you into my life. Thank you that even now you have completely forgiven me. Thank you that even now you've adopted me. I've become one of your sheep. Thank you that even now you have become my good shepherd. Lead me, Lord. Give me an eyes and ears and a heart for the shepherd's voice in the Word of God. Lord, there are many of us who have known you for so long and yeah, 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 we know that Jesus is our shepherd. But oh God, would you just stir what this really means in our lives. Just stir us, stir us up again to see you laying your life down for us. Just help us be re-amazed by you. Help us to see the, the depth of knowledge that you have with us and feel so privileged. Help us to see that love beyond compare and give us a heart to hear your voice in the Word. Lord, would you draw us closer to you, that we might love you, walk with you, and serve you. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done as our Good Shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.